Well, we have arrived. We have arrived. The joy of joys. We've arrived in the book of Leviticus, in Vayikra, as we say in Hebrew. And Kelly and I last Sunday, uh, we were sitting around having our our coffee talk, and, and she had just finished diving into the week's Parsha. She, you know, we, we talked about Leviticus, and just just by way of highlighting, we're talking about a book where 66 times the word blood is used. We have fat, innards, parts of flesh, lungs, hides, dung, burnt offerings, sacrifices, emissions, impurities. These are rules for who, what, when, how we bring these things, what we burn, what we do not burn, what parts can be eaten. I mean, Kelly's response you know, after after her read and study that morning, we were talking about it and she looked at me and said, Leviticus is hard. To that I say, amen, sister. It is very easy to see how people might miss the message. It's it's so easy to, to feel like, my goodness, I cannot relate to this. And there are some classic objections that are offered when we talk about the importance and value, you know, of of. Leviticus, some people say, listen, the temple's destroyed. What's the point? I mean, none of this matters. It's irrelevant. And furthermore, we don't even do animal sacrifice. And the most furthermoreist thing we could object, some people say, is Yeshua did away with all this. Uh, by the way, if that's your perspective, I refer you to last year's Hebrew series called A Better Covenant to help you get some perspective on this idea. But I want to also remind us that in all of its difficulty, there are within Leviticus some fundamental, important texts and lessons that are included. We find the classic, you shall be holy as I am holy, uttered by the very mouth of the Creator. We find love your neighbor as yourself. Yeshua certainly thought that one was important. We find out how to lend, how to live a life free from sexual immorality. And of particular importance today, right now, in the times we're living in, we find instruction on how to eat, what not to eat, how to deal with plagues in the home. And, and lest we forget, you know, Yeshua's first study curriculum as a, as a boy on earth, his first study curriculum that began at the age of five, first book Jewish children then and even now were taught in observant homes. What was it? You got it. Vayikra, Leviticus. And some of you may be familiar with this, this famous question and response when posed to Rabbi Yossi. Uh, the question was, why Rabbi Yossi asked, are young children taught Leviticus first in the curriculum of the rabbis and not Genesis? The answer, because as the Holy One, blessed be he, said, just as the sacrifices are pure, so young children are pure. So let pure youngsters study subjects that are pure. And that's pretty powerful. But an interesting and relevant argument arose in Judaism a long time ago and began its its um, 
relevance after the destruction of the temple. And the question that was asked is, should we spend time studying, investing in, learning things that are even for traditional Judaism at best hard to connect to and at worst totally irrelevant? That is to say, specifically, things like the halacha of sacrifices, Leviticus-esque stuff. And that conversation, much of it had to do with studying in depth particular orders in the Mishnah about about the the sacrificial process and the rules. And, And really, by the Middle Ages, much of the study of these types of things was conspicuously absent from much of Judaism, or at least a segment. I can't really say exactly how much, but but most definitely not a, a majority of study. And as I draw from an article by Rabbi Dr. Jeffrey Wolf, he quotes he, he points out that not everyone was was not everyone viewed that as a negative. Many Jewish rabbis in the Middle Ages feared that if, not primarily in Spain, but feared that if, if too much attention is given to theoretical subjects, including the things that we're talking about here, sacrifices, blood, guts, things that we can't really even, even utilize, that if too much attention were given to those theoretical, theoretical subjects, that it would adversely affect a person's spiritual strength. Rabbeinu Baya ibn Pakuda had the following to say on this matter. He asked this question. Do you know all that you should regarding the commandments that you are not entitled to ignore? In other words, do you know everything you should know about the commandments that are relevant and practical for life today? And, and concerning which it is unbefitting for you to sin? Do you know so much about those things that you turn to other questions that will bring you no improvement in your knowledge of Torah and faith and will in no way amend that which is crooked in your soul? That's a pretty pointed but good question related to this topic. And of course, there's another side of the coin. 13th century rabbi Moshe ben Yaakov had this response. There are many people who say, what have the commandments of Seder Kodeshim, these Seder Kodeshim, this uh, order of uh, the Mishnah, and what do these things have to do with us? They were about purity and, and sacrifice, and all the more so the commandments of these other orders that he lists, which pertain to things that are not practiced today. He says, many people ask, what do these things have to do with us today? They're not relevant. He he continues, one should not speak thus for the fundamental of the commandments that the Lord of the universe gave should be known, even if they are not needed at present. For we are commanded to teach all the commandments, Deuteronomy 11. And it is said, observe Shemur, all the instruction that I enjoin upon you this day. Deuteronomy 27. And it is said, you shall faithfully observe Shemur, my commandments, Leviticus 22. 
And he concludes, from this we learn that observing the commandments and performing them are two different things. In other words, shamor, to observe, is, is different than performing. They're two different things, for observing is done in none other than the heart. As it is said in Proverbs 22:18, it is good that you store them, shamor, inside you. And that all of them be constantly on your lips. In his opinion, then, we're commanded to know all the instructions, regardless of their relationship to our ability to implement them. And this knowledge, Rabbi Wolf continues to point out, represents the highest level of worship of the Lord. So that's an interesting perspective, which six centuries later, Rabbi Chaim of Volozhin would dub, or Volozhin would dub this approach Torah for its own sake. And that's one of the, that's a prayer that we pray every morning in the liturgy when we're blessing, asking God to bless our Torah study. We say, teach us to, to value, to study Torah for its own sake. So the, the Rabbi Chaim says that this is studying Torah for its own sake, arguing that the most, and I love this, listen, arguing that the most intimate connection with the Lord could be forged precisely by study of subjects divested of current relevance. Let me read that again. And I think I'm letting you in on what my perspective might be here on this, which side of the coin I fall. He says that the most intimate connection with the Lord could be forged precisely by study of subjects divested of current relevance. And I think, in essence, what he's saying, of course, here is that the whole the whole Bible, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is valuable. That might sound familiar and it might resonate, I'm pretty sure, with two guys we know and love, Yeshua. And Paul, Yeshua reminds us, love the Lord your God, keep his commandments. And the best way to know him is to know what he said, to read his written word, to study it, to meditate on it. Psalm 119 is full of all of the great things that the Torah, the word of God does. So the way we know him is to know what he said. Study, therefore, is the highest form of worship because it's teaching us to be like the one we're reading about. And of course, Paul in the classic 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, all scripture, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. We know this scripture, right? For training in righteousness, that righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And yet, even if I fall on that side of the coin, Sometimes it's fair to say we need a guide to pull out the insight to help us help us find excitement and inspiration, especially in a book like Leviticus. And so where we find ourselves is in a particularly good time through the book of Leviticus and in our current social distancing situation, it's a particularly good time to explore commentary. That is to find a guide or many guides. 
And those commentaries fall into several categories in the, in the ancient category. If, if you don't own an art scrolled humash, the five books of the Torah, art scroll, traditional, first of all, I'm going to, I want to caveat this traditional Jewish, uh, Torah translation. So you'll read things in there that if, you know, you, you have to filter. That's one of the great things about the Ruach HaKodesh. It reminds us of what Yeshua taught us. That's one of the many purposes. That's one of the things that Yeshua says the Holy Spirit will do. So as we're reading things, I'm a big fan of always of, of being open to read things and allow the Ruach HaKodesh to help you filter them. So in the Art Scroll Humash, you'll read things that you might disagree with. Well, certainly you'll disagree with. But on the whole, you're reading the sages of Israel. You're getting Torah commentary that spans millennia. And it is such a valuable exercise in working through some of the books like this and seeing Jewish opinion and, and being able to process these things. Find any number of reputable ancient Jewish commentaries on Leviticus that, that are, that are including ancient sources. That gives you that perspective. There are plenty of modern commentaries. Plenty. Of course, you know, because you hear me quote Jonathan Sachs very frequently. He is, for me, someone who carries a, 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 just a way of communicating in my heart, to my heart, I should say, about the Torah. He has a, a series of Torah commentary called Covenant and Conversation. There's one for Leviticus. It's a tremendous, tremendous commentary. It's not for everybody. You might have another modern voice. Chabad online, again, applying our same Ruach HaKodesh filters. Chabad has a ton of interesting and valuable commentaries drawing from the ancient to the modern. And if you're, if you're just a hardcore student and you want the commentary of commentaries, I can recommend Leviticus um, commentary from the Anchor Yale Bible series by Jacob Milgram. It's divided into two. I think the, the first Leviticus 1 through 16 commentary, first of all, they're not cheap. I think they're about 50 or $60 a piece on Amazon. But just the 1 through 16 commentary, I think, is about five or 600 pages. It is for serious, deep, but incredible Bible study. So we have ancient, we have modern, and of course, most importantly, we have Messianic Jewish commentary. Even from within our own congregation, uh, our own Darren Huckey has written two volumes of commentary called Five-Minute Torah. Can you guess what these are? They are five-minute Torah commentaries, quick reads. Darren does a wonderful job of making, taking all of this ancient and modern and messianic and bringing it into a short little to the point commentary that can get you thinking as you read through each week's Parsha. On another very important messianic Jewish modern commentary, I am very excited to say that during this time of social distancing, First Roots of Zion has opened the Torah club First of all, virtually, it's never been done virtually. It's always been only for living rooms, coffee shops, and face-to-face -face interactions. But now it's virtual because we can't get together in living rooms, coffee shops, and congregations. Um, and it's a free, open study of the book of Leviticus. 
as a free member of Torah Club during Vayikra, you get access to the weekly Portion Connections teaching videos. You get access to the student workbooks and questions and commentaries. It is a great opportunity. I can, the, the easiest way to find it, FFOZ Leviticus study in Google. That will, that'll give you a link. And so when we, there are, there are so many more. And if you find something and you have questions about it, you can feel, feel free to email, uh, the synagogue about that and, and get some perspective. But, you know, these are for insight and, and for building, uh, desire to get something out of, yes, honestly, what might seem irrelevant. And so I, I should call this, I am going to call this, I think, this message, Leviticus, sacrifice required. Leviticus is a sacrifice in and of itself for us in the modern age to try to read through. You can gloss over it. You can dismiss it. You can reject it, as has been done by many, 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 many people. Or we can sacrifice. We can dig in. We can read. We can study. Even these things seemingly divested of current relevance, but in that process potentially forge the most intimate connection with the Lord. We are all experiencing a certain kind of sabbatical today. And I I don't literally mean today, which is the Sabbath. That is by definition a sabbatical. I mean, we're at home more. Even if you're still working, you're doing less outside the house right now. Find a commentary and a Bible and use this time to forge the deeper relationship with kids, with spouse, most definitely with Hashem. Go back. Revisit the Hebrew series from last year that I referenced before, especially the first few that we did about sacrifice and impurity and all those types of things. You know, last last week we we finished the book of Exodus, Shemot. And at, at the end of every book of the Torah, we say, Chazak, Chazak, Venit Chazek, right? Be strong, be strong. May we be strengthened. And so we're starting a new book. Let's treat this as if it is the first time. Let's, as we're going through the book of Leviticus, keep in mind that this is strengthening us, that it is making us stronger because we're knowing our creator, we're understanding more. Sacrifices, as we know, are not intended to save us, but to provide a way for us to draw near. The book of Exodus that we finished discussed building a place for God to dwell. Leviticus, in turn, teaches us about drawing near and what that meant to, to bring a sacrifice, which it literally meant to draw near. Let's do that. Let's use these times to draw nearer than ever before. Let's exemplify study as the highest form of worship. Find something that excites you and dive into it. You know, one of my favorite uh, Hasidic maxims says that every descent is for the sake of a future ascent. I've taught on that before. Every descent is for the sake of a future ascent. It seems like we're worldwide we're we're in a descent, you know, with with all of between between deaths and new cases and quarantines and economic uncertainties and every other thing. It seems as if we're in a descent, but 
as we all know, every descent is for the sake of a future ascent. With this plan, with this commitment, with this, with this desire to find more, to, to learn more, to grow more, to study more, with this plan, all, God only knows what bit of insight might provide for us some transformative um, knowledge, something that would, that would draw us near to him. He, only he knows. And we could be changed in such a meaningful and positive way. May that be his will at this time for all of us. And you know, we're meeting right now over Zoom and for all of you virtually who are listening to, to this um, teaching, I want to invite you to take advantage of this time as well to, to meet with us, Nahamu um, Ami slash Shalom Macon, to meet with us every Saturday. Um, at 11 o'clock, we're doing our teaching and just kind of community connection time. It's a virtual, virtual interaction, but it's a great way that we are staying connected as a community. And, and even if you're far away, we invite you to connect with that. And you can use the Zoom um, number 478-318-2020. 478-318-2020. That will give you access to the Zoom room. At 9 o'clock on Saturdays, we have traditional Shakrit prayer pretty much mostly in Hebrew. You're invited to participate virtually in that. And then at 11 o'clock, as I said, we continue on with our, our teaching and, and connection time. So please feel invited. We'd love to meet you and see you face to face. Many of you, we've, we know you're there, but we've never had that privilege. So look forward to, again, using this descent for the sake of a future ascent. And with that, Shabbat Shalom to everyone. We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.